Welcome to the Align Business Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Kerslake, CEO of personal branding agency, Pinegate Road, and business coach to online service providers, coaches, and educators. I know that you believe that living a great life is so much more than the business that you lead or the money that you make. Each week, we'll dive into what it actually takes to live an aligned life with a business that supports it. Let's do this. This show is brought to you by the Align Business Academy. Are you so ready to go all in with your online business and hit six figures this year in a way that feels fulfilling and true to you? Apply now for the Align Business Academy. This is our signature program that helps you scale your online business with one-on-one and community support, a framework for learning all things online business, and a proprietary three-part system for scaling while working way less than you are now. Say hello to more freedom, income, and impact. Apply now at pinegateroad.com academy. That's pinegateroad.com academy. Hey guys, welcome to the show. As I am wrapping up season three here, we do have this last guest episode for the show today with Rebecca Tracy of The Uncaged Life. Rebecca Tracy is an entrepreneur. She is living life on her own terms and traveling and just like doing all of these amazing things while she runs her business from multiple locations. Um, She's just like living things on her own terms. And I love her spirit for going after this and just making what she wants to have happen in her life happen because she stepped into entrepreneurship. So she has a couple courses. She is an online entrepreneur. She travels around, does her business, and she helps other people do the same. And not necessarily about traveling and all that, but she helps people live lives that they're truly in love with through entrepreneurship. And this is what she teaches in her courses um, and her blog and all of the content that she's creating. So I'm so excited to chat with her today about just launching uh, courses and products, how to scale your business, and kind of what you need to set yourself up for success when it comes to growing an online business. So without further ado, on to the show. Hi, Becca. How are you? Hey, yay. I'm good. So happy to be here. I'm so excited to finally meet you and have you on the show and get to talk about all the business things. All the things. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, So I would love for you to just do like a short little intro, tell people who you are, what you're about, and, you know, if you want to, a little history of like where you were and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Well, 37 years ago, (laughs) I I started my business back in 2011, um, and I started- Me too. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. What are we, like eight years in now? I know. Mine was a side hustle for six of those- Six of those years, though. So. Whoa, it's a good yeah. side hustle. I like yeah. went all in. So I always oh. wanted to that would let me travel at the same time. And so I'm like an all or nothing person. So when I started The Uncaged Life, I also moved into a camper van and went on a year-long road trip. And I was Amazing. like, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> um, the business has changed a lot since then, but it was a really interesting way to start. Yeah. Um, so I work, I tend to work with service-based businesses. So lots of life coaches, health coaches, um, lots of healers and consultants, Anyone who basically wants to be able to sell their services online um, without being tied to like a physical location. And I help them with the really like beginning baby steps of starting their business. So things like getting really clear on their brand message, figuring out what their niche is, understanding how to actually 
figure out what people want so they can create packages that people will buy, putting prices on stuff for the first time. So kind of all those things that you need to have in place before you can go off and make a website and do your marketing and do anything on social media. Totally. Is it, are you mostly for service-based businesses or people who want to do, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I, I sometimes get folks who sell products, but I'm like, I'm not going to be able to tell you anything about selling products. Other like, we can still work on brand messaging and target market, but there's so many, it's just a different ballgame. So yeah. Yeah. And what is your business name? The Uncaged Life. Cool. I know it, but I want our people <laughs> to know it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. Welcome. I'm excited to have you. So um, you pre-wrote some of these like questions and you're like, I could talk about this and this. So I have my questions for you. Um, so I would love for you to just kind of dive in and chat about what you mean by the stuff that doesn't scale, um, and how that's affected your launches. Yeah. So I, so for some context, the main thing that I sell now after eight years of being in business uh-huh. is a group program and I run it typically twice a year. Um, and I have fairly big lunches. I usually get about 125 to 140 people each round. That's big awesome. to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is big. Peaceful, to me, I'm like, that's a lot of people. Um, and so I do that twice a year. And so as my business has grown, um, you know, I've had to figure out ways to scale, to get more people in, to have it take, you know, the same amount or less of my personal time. Um, and I see it all the time where people are trying to create things like online programs and passive income and automation and like really great, smart things. Um, but what I found for my last couple launches was that, especially being in the market that I'm in, selling to new business owners, there's mm-hmm. so much noise and so much competition and so many people trying to vie for their attention that I actually really, really simplified my launch strategy. And I started just doing more personal, personal outreach and things that, that I can't really automate. So things like if somebody had a question um, about the program, I would send them back like a a voice reply or a video reply answering it. Um, I was on my live chat answering every single question. Um, I was in my Facebook group, super available all the time. So just things that you can't really hire somebody else to do. And that, um, did, did that feel exhausting or exciting and like fulfilling? A little both. Yeah. <laughs> I only, la- I only launched twice a year and there's, this is definitely the reason for that. It definitely like during that kind of pre-launch. So like, you know, the couple weeks leading up to opening the cart and then the 10 days when the cart is open or maybe seven days, um, it's full on. Like I'm just, nothing else is planned. I've got like pre-made meals in the fridge and I'm just like (laughs) online chatting with people. Um, I love it, but it definitely, you know, cause then it ends and then I have to actually run the program also. So that's kind of enough. (laughs) Once that's done, I go and hide and don't talk to anyone for a couple months. Yeah, Um, It's definitely not something that feels like it would be sustainable for me to do all the time. But um, I've also created my business so that I don't have to do it all the time. I only do it twice a year and it works really well. That's really cool. Um, I love yeah, hearing that you put in like those personal touches too, because as a service provider, like myself, like that is how I've sold. And I don't necessarily like launch all of these things, but I'm constantly just like talking to people on Instagram or like yeah, talking you're on Instagram to all the time. I, <laughs> good for that. I love it. I'm, it's well, it's like, I know it sounds silly, but it's like kind of like a little social life because I work from home. <laughs> totally. And so I'm like, Ooh, I get to like talk to real people. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. But that has been like, that's worked really well just because I'll like get into these like actual friendship conversations with people. And then it turns out like they somehow need what we're doing or know of a person. And we're just like, all right, let's talk through what this could be. And that's been a huge yeah. thing for yeah. my business inadvertently. So yeah. 
And it, it's cool because it let me really simplify my launch strategy. So for this last launch, all I did was um, a Facebook Live every day, just in, on my Facebook page, jamming about, you know, topics related to the program mm-hmm. and a series of emails um, and some like Facebook retargeting ads. And that was it. There was no like sign up for the video series and then the webinar and then I've got affiliates and then there's all these separate, like it was just super, super simple. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because people who, you know, clients who were thinking of signing up, I'd answer their email or I'd, you know, be on my chat and they're like, oh my God, you actually replied. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <I did. laughs> and that, like, that was literally the thing there. And especially because I sell a group program, a lot of people yeah. were worried that they'd be in the group and get no attention and I wouldn't be there. And so I really wanted to show them that, yes, I am there for you. And I can say that all I want, but like showing up and actually being there before they give me any money. I love that. Really was the thing to seal the deal. And it felt, it felt better to me too. Um, yeah. So I just, you're like living out your core values of like what you truly believe in as a business. And then it's like, that's that experience you're getting the entire time. I love seeing that. Yeah. I think it's easy too, as a new business owner to hear a whole bunch of stuff about creating online courses and, and passive income and having everything be hands off. And it's, you know, I think it, there's definitely ways to do that. I don't think it's for everyone, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I just encourage people to not jump to that. Um, Cause I do think, like you said, you know, Instagram is sometimes your social life. We're here working alone usually. And if you I have my dog and everything <laughs> hands off, it can be super lonely. So it's actually fun getting to kind of build that into part of how I launch. Yeah, no, I really, it's, I never thought I'd enjoy the quote unquote sales process so much because it's just, <laughs> it doesn't feel like sales it just feels like fun connecting like learning about people's lives and visions and like yeah. that's it and it it just brings me so much joy I'm like I am this sales human that I never thought I could be <laughs> yes yeah totally and I like so, I'm a super introvert I like to be at home and not really see anyone I've talked to anyone for long periods of time oh same <laughs> um yeah which is why like these little spurts of it are great for me and then I get to go off I usually plan a a climbing trip right after my launch or right after the program ends. So then I usually go off and like do nothing for three months. Is that where you were a couple of weeks ago? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was in Arizona for like three weeks. (laughs) Yay. Awesome. Okay. So what advice can you give, um, on building a business that really works for the life you want to live? Yeah, lots, lots of advice. (laughs) So the first thing, especially if, you know, if you're, if you've been in business for a while, you've probably figured out, where you're starting to figure out that there's there's kind of a certain number of ways that you can scale your business. Um, but when you're first starting, you know, I was just like, I don't know, I'll just take as many clients as I can get and I'll just keep taking them and that's how my business is going to go. Um, I think we neglect to think about, you know, three years down the line or five years down the road, what do we actually, how do we want to be spending our time? Um, coming back to the passive income thing, I see a lot of people, I hear a lot of my clients who are like, starting their business and they're like, I want to create online courses. And I'm like, okay, here's what that's going to mean. All of your time is going to be spent marketing. None of your time is going to be spent doing the like life. I work with a lot of life coaches. Zero of your time will be spent life coaching. hundred percent of your time will be spent marketing. And they're like, oh, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, right. Some people love that and that's what they prefer. But I think getting really clear about, you know, if it's the coaching that you love, what business model and what programs can you run that are going to help support that. If it's the marketing piece, you know, if you're a super introvert and you don't want to be talking to a lot of people, what, you know, how do you need to structure your business? And sometimes when you're starting, you have no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, did, I think I ran when I was in my camper van in 2012 in the first year of my business, I think I did like 
I offered eight different programs over the course of the year. I was just like, let's try this. Let's try a group program. Let's try a one-on-one. Let's uh-huh. try an online program. Nobody bought it. Okay, that didn't work. And so I just tried a whole bunch of things. So I really got a good sense of like, okay, I love running groups. One-on-one isn't really so much for me. And I was able to make decisions more quickly based on having tried different things. And that's kind of how I got to the business model that I have now. Yeah. I love that even back then, like in internet years, that's like for forever. (laughs) (laughs) I like, I love that you are already doing like one-on-one and groups and this coaching and like this online, they're not courses, but online programs. Yeah. Um, Because I feel like I just didn't even know that was a thing back then. And now it's kind of grown to this, like, and it might just be because as an online business owner, like that's the landscape that we're yeah, within, you but to, you're it just, it. yeah, it just feels like it's grown so much. And it's cool that you are kind of like at the forefront of making that happen and building it into your business model way back yeah, when. Yeah, I was trying. I mean, I'll admit that I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was like, all right, one on one. Do we ever? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to try a group. Okay, that was good. I'd love to try this. And I think that that's, I think that's actually one of the reasons that my business grew really quickly because I was right away just willing to try a whole bunch of things. I'm not a perfectionist and I'm not a planner, which bodes well for me in my business because it means I can just like deliver stuff really, really quickly without overthinking it. Yeah. I recognize I'm not the norm, especially for new business owners. Most of my clients get really stuck in everything having to be perfect. And like, you know, if I'm like, all right, create a workshop and run it next weekend, they'd be like, oh no, this is not possible. Yeah. How do they kind of work past some of that? Because I feel like I get that with um, some of my, like, I'm very much like a, I'm just going to do this thing and I go do it and don't like, as much as I love things to be like, quote unquote, perfect, they're not always going to be. And it doesn't stop me, but it does stop a lot of people. Like what advice would you give them if, you know, you're wanting to build this thing and you need to go try and experiment, um, but you're like a little afraid of like making that, that thing happen. Yeah. A couple things. So, um, The first thing that I do and like the way that I run my program that kind of forces this is to have them actually start to take really small actions. So it's not just like go and plan an entire workshop and fill it and right. It's like, all right, just like spend 30 minutes and like write the outline by this afternoon. Right. And giving like giving really short amounts of time Mm. to work on stuff. People are always surprised how much they can get done once they actually sit down and do it. Totally. It's so easy to build up whatever we're doing to be like this huge thing And if you just sit down and work on it for 30 minutes, like you'll probably get most of it done. Um, So breaking things up into really small chunks is really helpful. Um, Also, I work with a mindset coach. So I have a mindset coach that actually works with my students in my program. Cool. Um, So I've learned a lot from her because I'm not a mindset coach. I'm like you. I'm like, I don't know. Just go do it. (laughs) Like you're paying me to tell you to do it. I'm like, I know baby mindset things, but not (laughs) like that is not my specialty. (laughs) Yeah. So she's really great at helping people look at... um, So one thing that comes up for people to give a really specific example is the fear that like people are going to judge them and everyone's going to think they're stupid when they put themselves out there, right? That comes up a lot. And so she makes them get really specific about exactly who is going to judge you. Like who, is it your mom? Is it your partner? Like name the person. Um, Cause then it takes it from this big idea to actually like, okay, it's just actually, I'm worried about my mom. And then she takes them through a series of questions, you know, um, it's, the work of Byron Katie that she goes through, but it's like, is it, is it absolutely true that your mom's going to judge you? No. Okay. And, and so she kind of gets them to think about it logically. And it literally, it's amazing to see their mind shift. They're like, Oh yeah, that's true. It's, I was kind of worried about my mom, but she's actually not going to judge me. She'll probably be proud of me. That's um, so cool. I, the I love hearing that. I've like, yeah. every time I'm making a scary decision and it usually comes down to like investing in my business, 
I have to like break it down and just be like, what is the literal worst case scenario? Because you have these like enormous visions of like you living on the street and like yeah. <laughs> all this stuff, like worst case. And like, it's really not true. And I always laugh. Like my husband once, I thought it was going to be the end of the world, like potentially investing into this program. He was like, yeah, like if this program does not work and like, you know, your business tanks and all of the things. He's like, you'll just have to be a stay at home mom. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, that's the worst case scenario. Like, what is going on? Like, it just took that was just like such an extreme of like what I envision versus versus the reality. Like, he was like, yeah, we'd have to like cut back on our lifestyle. Like you'd quit your business and you'd be a stay at home mom. And I was like, Oh, okay, we're doing this. So it just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is, it's really easy to make everything seem like the biggest, the biggest thing. And one thing that we talk about a lot it, with my, the mindset coach, Erin, she's always just like, no one thing that we're going to teach you to do is like going to make or break your business. Like if you don't get your niche right, it doesn't matter. Yes. It's like, if you create a package and it's not the perfect package, it doesn't matter. Or if you like your messaging is off, it really doesn't matter. Cause there's no one piece that makes up that makes your business succeed or fail. It's persistence and consistent action that's going to make your business succeed. Well, and I think even if it does fail, you're learning about what didn't work and you're able to adjust in the future. So it just gives you more information, which is amazing. Yeah, exactly. I've got a a hard and fast rule of like 70% is good enough for any, and 70% is like at the high end, like 50 to 70%, something feeling clear or something feel right. Like that's enough to put it out there. Yeah. Uh, and that's a nice We have a thing called a B plus work now. I think it yeah. was, a, we had a guest on the show, Liz White, um, and she br- brought up the concept of doing B plus work. And, you know, it, especially running like a branding business, like we're not, we're getting it right, but like who knows what the client is going to like or all of this. So it's like we just put it out, we deliver, and then we can like adjust and tweak afterwards. Oh like, it'll gosh, get to like, if it to be A plus. Exactly. And then, like, anything. you never know. Like, it could be A plus in our mind and C plus in their mind. So it's like, if, yeah, you can't wait. It's just like the do, deliver, and then adjust like before the end result, usually. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, we're always like, B plus, get it done. <laughs> yeah. Our, our motto is good enough is good enough. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Um, is there anything else you want to add about like, going after the business that supports your lifestyle? I guess it's that, yeah, decide what the lifestyle is. Yeah, I think like being really honest with yourself about how you like like to work and how you want to spend your time. Um, And this can be hard. I'm going to use the mindset coach that I work with as another example because she experienced this. She actually was one of my students in my program years ago, jumped in, um, totally transformed her business, started getting clients, started working as a life coach. And three years in, she started to realize that she actually didn't love having her own business. She was like, Mm. I love the coaching. I hate the marketing. I hate the selling myself. I'm not good at it. I don't want to do it. It's not a, like, it's just not for me. Um, some people get to that point and they're like, great, I'm going to have to learn to market and I'm going to learn to love it. She was not, she's like, I just can't get myself there. She, what she realized was she would rather coach and just coach for other people's programs. And I was like, great, I need a coach. And so I, yep. <laughs> right. And that's a really great match, but I think it can be hard when you're in your business to admit that you don't want to be doing things the way that you're doing them, especially when you've put in so much time to build something up. Um, and you've kind of told your friends and family what you're doing and there's all these expectations around it to then change your mind and be like, Oh, I actually don't like this. I'm going to go get a full-time job or I don't like this. I only want to do this piece and I don't want to do this piece. 
um, the sooner that you can start to listen to that, like listen to your gut and listen to your intuition and start to make some of those decisions, the quicker you're going to get to a business model that's actually going to feel good for you. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that. pushing through and like persevering because you said you were going to do something is not like, that's totally not my style. I'm totally a quitter. No problem quitting something if it's not for me. And I think that that serves you well in your business because, um, although I guess there's a balance, you don't want to quit too early, <laughs> but if you're really feeling strongly that something is just not working for you, like give yourself permission to find a better or a different way to do it. Yeah. You don't want to quit. Like I have those moments where I'm just like, I just want to leave my business yeah. today, but it's like blips compared to like my over, I, I love my business most yeah. of the time. <laughs> but yeah. Like most of the time, not all of the time. Yeah. Okay. So what are some of the precursors you need to have in place for a successful launch? And can we kind of go through a story of like how a successful program launch comes to life? Oh my gosh. Um, I know it's like all the things. (laughs) I guess like example, like if somebody was like, I have this idea, I want to like go after it. What are some things like you would just be like, okay, like think about this, this, and this and go make it happen. My recommendation is usually I'm all about, I like to I laughing about someone with this the other day. I'm all about really low expectations because then I always exceed them and I always feel good about myself. I'm realizing this is one of my patterns. I'm never like aim high. I'm like, no, oh, no I'm the opposite. I'm like, I'm going after like a million dollars this year. And like, as long as I like hit somewhere like lower, like I'm really good. So that's, that's interesting. It's, I do think there is something to be said for like, you know, aiming, shooting for the stars. But what I see a lot, especially with newer business owners is they'll like mm. have these expectations that are up here and they don't even come close to it. And then they're like, I suck. I'm the worst. I should. Yes. And so I'm like, no, no, no. You just got to aim lower so you can actually set like, you know, hit that, hit that goal. And then, um, so with, with launches, especially if someone, and so when we're talking launching, I feel like we should clarify that because that could mean so many different things. I'm thinking of someone who's like, maybe been selling one-on-one services and they want, they want to create like a group program or they want to turn their work into something that's more scalable. Maybe they're going to create an online course or something like that. So something where they're kind of like, you know, already doing the work and they want to create something bigger. Um, I'm a big fan of doing beta launches and keeping it really, really simple. So my recommendation, if it's the first time you're doing something, um, I feel like a really good litmus test is to is to think if you can think of at least five people from your current world. So whether your email list or your, you know, people, you know, from Instagram or just your current networking group, if you can think of five people who would buy the, like reasonably would buy the thing that you're trying to sell, um, you're probably good to go and create it. If you can't think of five people, you're probably not ready. Um, and then go and find those five people and actually get them to buy the thing. <laughs> so that's usually my, my first launch for my clients when they're like, I want to run a group. They're like, what should I do? Webinars. I'm like, no, no, no. What you're going to do is write an email, personally invite as many people as you can think of, you know, email it to your list. It should be really, really easy to get like five to eight people into your thing. Um, sometimes for free, when I create new online courses, I, I test them for free because I mm. want it to be easy. So I just go and I'm like, all right, 10 of my top clients or top students, I want them yeah. to come in and review this. So I, actually, I launched a program. It was like the first one I did. And I was just like, I'm just doing it. And I also did, like, I invited some friends to do it for free. And then it was interesting because the people that, like, paid did the course. And the people that got it for free were like, I just don't have the time. And that's been a thing for me. Like, I always want, like, I'll do it at a very low price. But I also want people to put some skin in the game so that they're actually going to follow through so that that can turn into results or not results. And I can learn from that. Because if they don't do anything, then you're not 
learning. Yeah. About it. Usually what I have people do, cause some, sometimes, I mean, I have some clients who are just so nervous to like put this thing together that they're like, I can't charge for it. I'm like, okay, if you're not going to feel confident charging anything for it, then make it free. But you really want to have people who, um, sometimes you have them fill out an application, like to have to do a little bit of work to get into mm-hmm. the thing. And then I usually have them do an exchange where, um, their payment is like feedback for the program, maybe weekly check-in. So there's kind of some accountability built in so that it's forced. (laughs) It's like, all right, you know, you did the work this week. Here's what you, right. And if they're not pulling their end of the bargain, then you just boot them out. Okay. Um, So I like that. Yeah. Like they still have to either like pay in time that they're. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you can usually tell if someone's like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to do that. Then they're probably not a good fit. Yeah. But I just love like taking the pressure off again, low expectations so that you can Mm -hmm. number one, test out the thing that you're creating, whether it's like a membership program or a group or a new online course, um, or like maybe even just a beta of a new service that you're doing just making it really easy to get people in and test it because then you're going to get testimonials. You're going to get feedback. You're going to make sure that the thing is actually amazing. And then when you go to, when you go to launch it, you'll already have kind of some buzz built up around it. Totally. Um, I don't love seeing people go and being like, all right, I'm going to launch something for the first time, something they've never tested. No one's ever gone through the program and they're trying to like get affiliates and do Facebook ads and do webinars and they do this whole thing. And then no one buys it. Mm-hmm. Um, that sucks. So I try to avoid that. <laughs> I'm like, keep it, yeah. easy, keep it easy, five to eight people. And then the next time you can ramp it up. I think it's like, what is the minimum viable product to release yeah. the first time? Because you don't know what to expect when it's something you've never done before. Mm-hmm. And putting so much time and effort into figuring out all of those details when it might not be something somebody even work. wants. It's like, you might not like doing it. You yeah. Might do it go, oh, that's not for me. <laughs> exactly. So that, that's a lesson I've kind of learned this past year. And we've been launching some things, which I know yeah. you know of. <laughs> um, and it's just been really cool to kind of like put out the offer and like have see what people like. And then we're kind of like building as we go. And that's been really fun for us to be able to like, just, yeah. you know, have the launch and not necessarily um, have to figure out like every single little detail that's like ever going to be in the marketing and all of that. Yeah. So my very first thing that I tried to properly launch was, I don't know, 2012, cause I was in the van at the time and I was like, I'm going to create an online course. And so I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll do a presale for it. So I can use that money to then like invest in helping mm-hmm. me make the course. So I like got all amped for it. I think my launch was like a couple of emails to my small list. Yeah. I didn't do very much. Um, and one person bought it. Yeah. What do you do then? Right. So I had to decide what to do. And my ego was like, whatever, I'm going to make it anyway. It's going to be amazing. And then the smart side of me was like, "Mm -mm. if nobody bought it, no one's going to buy it. Like it's not, and I look at it now, it was a terrible course idea. It was super vague. It wasn't good. Reason nobody bought it. Um, So I just, yeah, I refunded the one person. I think I offered her uh, like a one-on-one session instead. Yeah. I was like, hey, of course, this is going to happen. Would love to just give you a free one-on-one session instead. Um, I and I didn't, that. and I didn't create it because it would have been really easy for me to push forward anyway. Mm. But I think we have to really kind of take our egos out of it and listen to what the people are saying. <laughs> listen I to the, like, like that you said that. Cause I also just launched, like I'm redoing, um, our, like the Pine Gate Road website and I'm creating a course around how we're creating it. Um, okay. and I was just like, Hey, like, who wants in on this course? Like I'll just record myself creating the website, like as the course. And so it's like forcing me to do something that like I've, it's been on my to-do list for like a year and a half. Um, and I was just like, okay, even if one person buys it, like I'll do it anyway. But it's interesting for you to say, like, if one person buys it, it probably is not going to fare well 
in the marketplace yeah. well, long term. Well, that might be a bit different because you're not, it doesn't sound like you're doing a whole bunch of extra work to create a separate no, course. yeah, so mine was very like much a, like I had to do it anyway, and I was like, yeah. and I can share this information because it's it's stuff. People also okay. This is another thing. Like when people are asking you, like, can you please just create this thing already? Like, here's my money. That has happened. Like with this course, yeah. like people were like, can you please just share how do you show it? How you build your websites? Like, I will give you money right now, and I'm like, no, I'll do it one day. Like it's on my list of like <laughs> yes, that's future ideas. Yeah, yeah. Although I kind of I've learned that like I don't really trust anyone until they put their money where their mouth is. Because <laughs> I've had a lot of people be like, oh, create this, create this. I want this, and then you do it, and they're like, no, I can't afford it, or I don't want to buy it now. Mm. Or so I've you know, there's I definitely am a huge advocate of doing market research before you create anything. So going out and talking to people you know, asking them questions to your email list, going on Instagram and doing polls, just like, you know, any yes. way that you can get information from people, getting on the phone with some of your, you know, some of your favorite clients or would-be clients and just like pounding them with questions. Yep. Um, it's just a really great way to get more information. And that's how good courses and online programs and things are built. Not, yeah. they don't usually come. It's very rare that I've seen people go, I have a really good idea. And then they go out and like their idea is exactly what the market wants. It doesn't happen that often. Usually there's changes that need to be made. So it actually is something that's sellable to your people. Yeah. And so just starting, starting small, low expectations yeah. and low expectations, <laughs> building from there. Saying this on interviews, people are going to think I'm like a real downer. <laughs> well, no, it's just, because I yeah. always feel really good about myself. I always exceed my goals. <laughs> and I guess I personally just have a personality type that like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to like shoot for this, but like, even making one sale feels like still awesome. Like I don't, yeah. and I, I, I don't beat myself years. up about it. Yeah. yeah. But you've also been in business for eight years, even as, even as a side hustle. Right. Whereas I think if you're brand new and I, I think the reason I do that is I see mm. a lot of people come at it, you know, they're like, I'm going to quit my full-time job next week. And then in three months I want to be making six figures. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a big, yeah, I'm a, a planner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've just seen too many people get burned with huge and some people great. They hustle and they reach that goal, but most people I would say don't. And so, um, I just like to, you know, set realistic expectations that people can feel good about. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's nice. I guess. So I have a, like a designer mentorship program that I do too. And we kind of do some of like the revenue planning and it's like, okay, what is your like very minimum you need to make to like sustain your business and you, um, what's like a number you'd be like super happy with. And then what's, let's like double that number and plan for like, we're going to plan for that high number, but like you're going to hit your minimum and like, right, yeah. you're really aiming for that like number you'd be super happy with. And yes. I think having those levels helps them set some of those expectations while also like Still aiming have, yeah. high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I love that. So that's been a good a good thing for that's something I've implemented and it's been helpful, helpful for them too. I feel like. Yeah. I like that. So what other advice can you give our audience about launching and building a business with love? Mm-hmm. Um, I really, my business is really simple and I've kept it really simple and I've definitely been in the place where I've kind of tried to do what, other people who were kind of at my level were doing or like running my business the way they were running their business. Um, and I really kind of had to learn, I wouldn't say the hard way, um, but I've, I've had to learn that just the way that 
feels good to me is the way I should run my business. And it's, I think when we're, especially if you're getting started or you're kind of at that stage where you're starting to grow, it's easy to look at what everyone else is doing. Um, right. For example, you, you're running a bunch of different, pro- you have a team, right? Do you have a big team? Yeah. Uh, yeah. there's six of us. So. Oh my God. That's a huge, <laughs> not full time, but yeah, yeah there's six of us in my Slack. MBA. <laughs> Um, yes. So I've like kind of looked around and been like, oh, well, they're growing an agency. I Maybe I need to do that. Or they have like all these coaches. They're creating a training program. Maybe I need to do that. And kind of kind of like looked outside to figure out what my next step should be. Um, and it just has never worked. I've had to really force myself to stay true to why I started this business in the first place. And the whole idea of being uncaged was that I wasn't kind of tied to my business in certain ways. And I think that Again, when you're starting, it's hard to know this, which is why you have to experiment, but really catching yourself when something's not feeling right, or if you feel like you're going in a direction just because someone else is telling you you should, or that's what you see someone else doing, but it's not feeling right for you, kind of taking a few steps back and um, reeling that in. It's so easy to just... When I started um, full time, I was like, I had all of these things I thought I wanted to do. And so I like went out and did them all, but I was not focusing on my foundation either. And so I had to be like, okay, one, what is making the business money actually? And then yeah. two, like, what do I really love like doing? And it came down to that, like really custom web and branding work. So I kind of like, I stopped doing my podcast. I stopped launching my courses and like all yeah. of these things and just like focused in on what I really wanted to do. And it took a good year of just focusing on that, like slowly building team and like getting to the point where like now I'm finally able to like do some of those other things, but it was just like, I felt like at first I was like, Oh, to be this online entrepreneur, I need to do have a course and like have all these digital download products and this and that, and like do everything. And that was not the case. I'm not saying I can't ever do those things, but I just, I needed to scale back. (laughs) When I look at and talk with other colleagues who are, you know, kind of in the like six figure to like multiple seven figure Mm -hmm. range, like their businesses are doing well the number one thing that they all have done is just focused on one thing. Yep. Like it's the biggest piece of advice I've gotten. It's what I've seen in my own business and, and my colleagues and my clients. It's like, even just in the past couple of years, I've gotten rid of all of my online courses. I stopped doing any one-on-one. I had a couple other little groups I ran. I stopped everything and I was like all eyes on this one program and that's all I'm doing. Wow. And it's been, and I've seen that in other, not that, not that you can't ever offer anything else, but I think like you said, you've kind of got to put a hard focus Yep. on one thing and get that to a place where it's like, all right, this is working. And now I can start to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think of like Marie Forleo, she has B school. She launches yeah. one time a year and that's, I mean, she has, I think one, the copy, copy program. program yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. for, yeah, for a long time, it was like, it's just B school and it brings in like millions. And yeah. And it, just, it doesn't even have to be like one big online program. Like it could just be your one-on-one services, but if you're, mm-hmm. if you're focusing on one-on-one, stop trying to create 12 evergreen programs and also a membership site, like each one of those is a whole business on its own. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. Like I have clients who are like, yeah, I'm starting a membership site and I do one-on-one, I'm going to create an online course. And I'm like, do you have three times the amount of time in the day as anyone else? Cause it's, that's three totally separate ways of spending your time and ways of marketing. Um, You're yeah. making me nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, but it's, it's different. Again, this is like, I think once you, You've had your business long enough that you've put the hard focus on a few things and you've gotten yeah. really clear about what those things are. I think it's when in the newer phases, when people are starting and they're like, all right, I'm just going to like, and it's, it's good and it's bad, right? I did it in my first year. I was like, I'm going to create all these different things. 
And then it gets bad because you're like, I can't do all these different things. Yeah. So you kind of realize it on your own. Um, but I think, yeah, the willingness to try things is good, but just also making sure to keep, keep your eyes on kind of on one lane if you can for a little while. So is there anything else that you're just wanting to like share and talk about with our audience? Um, I don't know. What else? What else? No, I feel like we're like on the launching train. Like I know launching. How can you start? Like, say you've had like one thing you like got some good interest going kind of well like how do you make those like how do you keep continuing and scaling that I guess actually I got this question recently from a client um they were I think they're doing one-on-one and they were kind of maxed out she's a therapist and she was like Mm -hmm. I'm maxed out at how many clients I can take and so again this is always coming back to like a business model question right there's a couple different ways to scale so you can raise your prices right? Take the same amount of clients and just charge more. Mm-hmm. Um, you can take more clients for her. That was not an option. Her time was full. You can take those clients and then funnel them into a group program. So you're doing one to many. Um, you can create an online program for them. Um, you could create kind of a smaller, higher level mastermind. Uh, you could hire team members and start like funneling clients to them and taking a percentage. So like there's kind of all these different ways that you can scale. Um, but like we've said, you can't do all of them. And so start, just starting to, you know, starting to think through the different options, like, okay, do I want to run a membership site and doing some research and seeing what that looks like? Do I want to hire a whole bunch of team members and then just send clients off to them? What does that look like? And kind of like playing through the options mm-hmm. and actually like seeing how they each feel, I think is a good way to do it. Because yeah. I think we and think I have to just create a whole bunch of different things, which isn't always, you know, it's not always the best way to actually scale. We get a lot of, so like, I, th- I feel like, the people that are surrounding Pine Gate Road are a lot of like service-based businesses. And yeah. I feel like they think that they like, in order to even think about scaling, they just have to like go create digital products or like launch their course or like, I'm going to say like, yeah, I know it's worse it doesn't scale. <laughs> it's not the no, I think it's not the quickest way. No, I don't think it's the quickest way. I think for services, the quickest, my favorite and, and what I've seen work the best is to create a group program. That to me, and maybe that's just because I love running groups, but I found mm-hmm. that that's, if you've got enough one-on-one clients and you're like, right, how do I grow? The quickest way is going to be to get those clients into a group and charge them the same as you were charging the one-on-one, right? Like instant, instant mega boost of income. Creating an online course is a, it's just a, do you have, do you sell digital courses now? I can't remember. You don't well, have I'm idea. doing this show it course, which is like how to build right. websites, but yeah. no, not okay. anymore. I used to have... Yeah. I guess it's still technically live in the internet somewhere, um, but it's like a our brand strategy, like how to do that for your own business. But yeah. I feel like for the, it, it was like the target audience, like we're working with, it's like, they're going to hire that out. Like they're not yeah. going to take the time to like try to figure that out on them. Like they're at the point where they're hiring the experts to execute yeah. for them. And I think that's a big thing with online courses is creating the right course for the right audience is the first thing. And a lot of people don't get that right. And so the course never sells. But even if you nail that, I don't think people understand the amount of marketing that you have to do to get people to buy your course. So just having a course up on your website, I used to have that. I used to have a whole bunch of like mini courses that were like $35 and you could buy the whole thing, the whole bundle for 99. And then I had a course on for coaches on how to create packages that was like 297 one sale a month, maybe yeah. like it just, nobody bought them because I, I wasn't doing any work to market them. 
Um, now I've turned my, my main program, the one that I launched twice a year into a self-study course. So in between my launches, people can now buy it as a program. Mm -hmm. All of my time is spent getting, like doing the marketing to funnel people into the funnel for that program. Totally. Like that's, that's all of my time right now. And so it, you can't just create it and, and slap it up there. It doesn't work that way. And I think that that's, that's why I don't think it's the actual best way to scale. I think if they're offering high level, um, like VIP services or creating a group are like the easiest no brainers. Yeah. And if you're creating. doing like done for you services, like you can go the route yeah. I went because those, I'm not creating a group program for people right, who need yes. websites. Um, but it's Although the hiring web designers do that where they've started teaching people to do it themselves. And that's kind of the direction they wanted. Oh go. yeah, definitely. But if you're like wanting to continue to like scale the actual doing of the websites, yeah. it's the kind of the, get the team, get them going and trained and make that happen. And that's been my route, which I didn't think was going to be my route, but it fit best with like how I actually want to live my life, which has been interesting yeah. and fun. So, yeah, I've also seen designers and copywriters um, just scale up in terms of servicing a higher level clientele. Mm -hmm. So like a higher totally. end package, higher rates, you know, they went from $5,000 websites to $15,000 websites mm -hmm. um, or $5,000 copywriting packages to 15K and just kind of switching the target market that they're focusing yep. on. That is um, also what we did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you did both. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then yeah, I've seen some who wanted, who really loved, like their passion was helping brand new business owners who were just getting started. And so it didn't make, they're like, I don't want to do $15,000 websites. Like I want to empower people to do this. So they went off into the route of creating courses to teach people to do it themselves. So it just shows like, there's so many different ways to do it. Exactly. You just have to get really honest about what you like doing and who you want to help and what they need. Yes. Awesome. All right. So little personal question. I would love for you to share something that you're just like really loving right now and want to share the love around like a podcast or a book or product, whatever. Yeah. Um, I, do you know Jamie Jensen? Yeah. I'm loving Jamie Jensen these days. <laughs> I, <was laughs> I don't like personally her. know her, but I like, I feel like I know like all the people surrounding her yeah. and I need to set up like a little connection call or something. Yes. Um, I, it's probably cause I was on her podcast recently and I was like, she's just mm. so freaking smart. So her podcast is called creatives making money. Mm -hmm. um, she's also a copywriter and she is someone, she's a perfect example. She started doing copywriting. She was one of my clients like way, way back in the day. Oh, fun. Um, I don't take credit for her success. She like, she's <laughs> just a rock star. Um, she started doing copywriting, built up a whole agency. She had like, I don't know, eight or 10 copywriters writing mm -hmm. for the agency. Um, and then she blew it all up. She's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And she like scrapped it, moved back to Hollywood, yep. started writing screenplays and now does like one-off services once in a while for copy. Cause I'm really good uh, friends with, uh, Aaron, her, who was her yeah. business partner. Yeah, so that's yeah. how so I'm like, both in an, yeah, they were both <laughs> in KG business, which is my program in like oh, awesome. or something when they were like first getting started. Um, I do take some credit for them meeting. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And I've worked with Jamie in the past and I'm going to be working with her on helping with some webinar stuff. She's just such an awesome storyteller and really, um, yeah, you just, yeah. Go listen to her podcast and learn a lot from her. Cool. Thank you for and you should meet sharing her. the love. I know. I'm like, I need to, I need to actually meet her. <laughs> yes. So good intro. you should have her on the podcast. Yeah. That would be amazing. I will. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, so where is one link or place people can find out more about you? Um, well, a great place. I have a Facebook group that I just 
send people to because it's easy, yeah. no email address required. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had this. I started the Facebook group before Facebook groups were a thing. I think like there wasn't like a Facebook group for everyone's business, um, mm. and it's still it's stayed really strong. It's been awesome. Um, so it's really there's tons of business owners of all different levels. There's service based folks. There's product based folks. Um, this is a really great place to come and just ask questions, get free help from people smarter than me about things that I don't know about. <laughs> it's my go-to. I crowdsource when somebody's like asking me a question that I don't know. I'm like, just go post in the group because they're going to Yeah. Know. So what's it called? Um, it's called Uncaged Lifers. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah. And there's actually another group I just found on Facebook with the same name. <laughs> I'm what? the one that has more people in it. You know, I was like, <laughs> I don't know this. Um, mine has more people. You'll, you'll know it's mine. There's a That's like group. a different kind of name too. You wouldn't think somebody would just like randomly mm-hmm. come up with. Yeah, I'm a little, yeah. It's not the same industry, so I I did message them and didn't hear back, but I'm just going to leave yeah. that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so find my group. Awesome. Um, yeah, Uncaged Lifers, that's probably a good place. I pop in there and do Facebook Lives every once in a while, too, and yeah. Excellent. Okay, so do you have any parting words of advice? Parting words? Um, good enough is good enough. <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of what we talked about is is kind of like just my go-to parting words for everybody. It's like, just take the idea and act on it and get it out the door, learn something from it, and then keep going. That's how you'll, that's how you will build a business that works. You don't have to be the best at what you do. You just have awesome. to keep doing things. Yes, I agree. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you so much, Becca, for sharing all of that. It was I don't have like launching experts on the show very often. So it's cool to kind of like geek out about that. I do not call myself a launching expert. Um, (laughs) I think I see, yeah, that's actually, that's what's really funny about this. I definitely do not think I'm a launching expert. However, I've launched many times and I've learned. (laughs) No, it's just really cool to like dive into that because we haven't talked about that at all in the show. And it's just like, I don't know. I love talking about the different experiences and moving forward and making your big dreams happen. Um, even when it's messy and you need to like take the baby steps. So (laughs) thank you for sharing all of your experiences with that. Thanks for having me on. Super fun. Yeah. Have an awesome rest of your day. You too. (laughs) Thank you so much for spending time with me today. If you've enjoyed the show, please take a few seconds right now to leave a rating and review on iTunes. It's so simple and helps us so much. This is incredibly helpful for getting this show into more ears so that we can make even more impact. I'm sending you so much love. I hope you have an amazing week. You've got this.